Hello, and welcome to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast where three dungeon masters, who've been doing this for way too long, talk about all the things we do to try to make our games as good as they can be. Hi, I'm Tony. I'm Chris. We had broken up for good just an hour before. Oh, 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 oh. Now I'm staring at the bodies as they're dancing across the floor. Oh, 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 oh. And then the band slow down the tempo and the music gets me down. Oh, 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 oh. It was the same old song with the melancholy sound. Oh, 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 oh. They don't write them like that anymore. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. DMs community. Rock and roll DM, DM Dave. How are you? Welcome back. Uh, I'm going to get to why the breakup song by the Greg Kinban is so auspicious, as we would say in our Journey to Ragnarok campaign that DM Tony's running. But that's just an inside joke for the four people that are listening that play in that campaign. So. All the rest of you screwed out. So anyway, it is a brand new year. And as you guys have seen on our socials, on our website, on our other places where we have things, we have a brand new Three Wise DMs logo. Uh, Yeah, right. It's pretty awesome. Uh, If you don't already know, because I've pushed it like hell, it is absolutely a homage to the original AD&D uh, artwork by Dave Trampier, uh, the black and white. And it was done by a great friend of ours, the uh, singer in my old band, actually, Johnny Ott. And it would be awesome because of what he did for us. Go check him out uh, at his website. It's fourmonsterkids.bigcartel.com. That's F-O-R, fourmonsterkids.bigcartel.com. Uh, check him out. Uh, this is the first time he's ever done anything in the D&D space. Uh, and I was kind of blown away with how he just immediately jumped to super awesome art from Dave Trampier. So which you guys will all know. Anyway, getting to the episode here, uh, the breakup song is a great one, especially the melancholy sound, because this comes straight out of Barovia here. In our threads, a listener had been talking about Uh, A problem they're having, and it was an interesting mix between not only splitting the party, which we talk about a lot, but also DM burnout, which we also talk about a lot, and we all have experience at times. So here's the question. It's a bit long, but we're going to really delve into it. I think it's really interesting. So he said he lost motivation for one of the groups that he runs, uh, and he doesn't want to DM for them anymore. Uh, a A few personal reasons that are not in the post, and that's okay. But one main reason is the party keeps splitting up. Let me explain. I don't mean splitting up and going to different parts of the town of Valaki. I don't mean being inside the winery and attacking from various areas. That's not an issue. He has six players, and they're constantly splitting up the party, making it hard to set up events and counters and run the game fluidly. Example, party finished the winery and thought it would be a good idea to send two to deliver wine back to Vlaki, send two to Kresk with wine, and finally two go south of the winery to explore Yester Hill. I can see Chris <laughs> losing his mind right now because he knows exactly what that means. There are werewolves out there, son. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> they definitely summoned Winter Splinter early as they told me they wanted to watch these druids all day. So I said, okay, it's happening. So... He finishes off, you could argue this sounds fantastic from a horror viewpoint. 
party split up and scary and etc. Even argue it's a DM skill issue and I should be better at dealing with these, these shenanigans. But he says, I'm not a computer. I have a human brain. So here I am narrating and playing with two players for 15 minutes. Pause. Okay. Next group for 15 minutes. Pause. Okay. Next group for 15. On and on. This isn't fun. It's hard, at least for me, to deal with. Quick note. I have also increased the size of Barovia, so they have to camp overnight. Uh, this is just one example, but they keep doing it. He goes on to talk about kind of running with 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 Strahd and stuff. But I I saw this come through and having I mean, one, having run Curse of Strahd and stuff, it's it's specifically interesting, uh, the the problems he's having. So, I mean, I've talked enough here. I'm going to drink some tea. And Tony, what do you think? Well, this brings me back to my infamous problem with game flow in these kind of situations. It wasn't necessarily splitting the party during a mission per se, but it's with like I always saw this like in an interrogation scene or in God forbid a shopping scenario. So I'd have to ask everybody, how fun is it to watch two players role play for 15 minutes to then ship pivot to two more, then finally it's your turn. Like is that the kind of game setting that you want to be? And my short answer to that is probably not. It, it, it's not as interactive as a lot. Like, I mean, if your mind's not wandering, then you must have like an, a steel vault for a mind. Like, honest to God, I'm thinking about my laundry. I like, I'm thinking about video games. Like I'm dipping in that and I'm trying to be invested. So I guess this really comes down to both DM and player expectations. If you like the DM has like, I want to get the party to around here at the stop of the session. I mean, and there's going to be deviations in that. You're not like literally putting one on train. It gets it. I can see how that gets frustrating. Really, truly, because you're going to fall short and be like, what do we do? (laughs) What are we doing? No. Yeah. And I think it's it's a trap because all of the great fantasy novels and movies always kind of involve splitting the party to start the real adventure right like lord of the rings wheel of time any of those it's always they kind of start together and they put out so you see that you see them scooby-doo and you're like oh well this is what i do but i think it's because dnd is just deliberate because it's a collaborative story because it's a bit of a team sport that you enter that problem where you have to you're not playing around the table you're playing with these two people you move into these two people here there's a bunch of meta information Right. And then you're constantly forced to like it happens to all of us where we'll just barely split the party. All of a sudden somebody gets into trouble and you're forced to have to be like, yeah, you can hear them, the sound of it through the corridor so that you can somehow get the players over there. So they don't all get TPK'd by the encounter that's in that room where you're like, you shouldn't be splitting the party here. If you're shopping in town, if you're in a big city, that can be fun. But I mean, I can't imagine walking through Barovia like I, I like. The freaking wolves were fearsome there. Like I was a paladin and those things just knocked me over at like every <laughs> encounter. And we had a full party. Like you're sending two people there. Like, ah, like <laughs> it was no, nice dude. knowing you guys. Yeah, <laughs> especially luck, like, <laughs> especially <laughs> he's talking about, <laughs> yeah, he's talking about the Western side of the map too, which anybody who's played in Barovia, like that is, that is the, you don't, don't go there. Like that's where oh the bad God, stuff. Yeah. It's like it's, West uh, Philadelphia. I mean, you're out there at two o'clock in the morning. But, yeah, there's but a I mean, reason you that. Kill him there. You know, that's the problem I think is, is I think he's, he doesn't want to just slay his party there to, you know, to say like, Hey, you split the party. You're in the thing. Oh, you run into a full size encounter. You get that idea that he's burning himself out, trying to make it okay for them when 
he really shouldn't be splitting the party that much. Like it's the, I don't know. That's just, that's a conversation you'd have to have. That's uh that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The uh, well, first off, I mean, I can't believe you just tried to you you slipped that in, and I couldn't even get the to yell it out when you just said it's a trap. I'm just thinking Admiral Akbar, like he threw that in, and it just kept moving. I was like, there's no there's no room for me to to just throw that in randomly. Anyway, there's um, time for the Admiral. But yeah, like like I mean, speaking specifically about Curse of Strahd, obviously, like. The western side of the map is the high level side of the map. The, that's why they start you in the east in the village of Barovia. I, and there's a lot of people out there that say actually start the adventure in the west, which is interesting because you want to talk about horror. That's I mean, and, and kind of interesting. But this this is uh, this is devoid of any specific adventure uh, game, system, anything. This is anywhere. And I think what. Is sometimes gets lost because we're always talking about and DMs are always talking about the the stories and the worlds that they're building and the immersive gameplay. And, you know, it's like it's coming to life for everyone. And it's that that difference between it's a game versus it's a story, movie, book, TV show, yada, yada. Like Chris just said, you can easily do the You split them up in the beginning. Avengers uh, Endgame. The entire movie, for the most part, is the party is split through time, right? And that's awesome because you get to see them. But that's because they're not playing the game. We're watching the story. (laughs) Yeah, we're watching the story. You know, it would be one thing if, like, I don't know, like, as you're splitting, like, you keep changing point of reference. And now your team is Captain America and these people. And then you switch over and the three of you are playing someone else. But these are just the same people. And... As he said, it's not splitting it in the dungeon or the mansion or the the town like you want them to do, right? You want them to split so that you can lay the smacketh down, as The Rock would say, Mm. and teach them some stuff, especially in an adventure like that, Gothic Horror. But he says that specifically. That's not the problem. He's splitting them up across the entire map, and now... Yeah, like Tony said, it is not enjoyable because it is a game. You always have to remember that game portion of it, and that's where I think a lot of times stuff goes sideways. People don't – they forget that it's still a game. It's still rolling dice and doing these things, you know, as well as all of the story that comes with it. Well said. It's like saying I was playing Monopoly and I had to wait 10 minutes for my turn. Like how how fun would that be? I mean really, truly. How in that point, Tone, how fun is it when we talk about combat encounters and slog and you're waiting 10 minutes for the for the table to go around again? That's not fun. So why would this be in that way? Right. Well, to be fair, I've waited much longer than 10 minutes for my turn. Those are some real rookie numbers. But I mean, and we're talking you're talking about the horror element a little bit. Well, the point of the horror element or one aspect of it is it's supposed to be frightening, building tension for the viewer. But for the party perspective, why would you do that? There is no reason. Unless you're running in, in any system, not even necessarily Ravenloft, you're in any game you're playing in, unless you're running a time-sensitive mission, there is no advantage to splitting your party. You're making yourself more vulnerable. You're not cap- you're, you're not giving yourself like, – if we, we cut this up, like, well, crap, we'll get five hours more game time to play. No, you will not. You will just accomplish less with less resources. So with this, I kind of suggest so what I would call a little bit of gentle coaching uh, where the party gets really tuned up 
You know, you run into a, a counter that the party could handle, and then you're sitting there with you and your buddy. And it's like, wow, gosh, I really wish the other four players were here. And maybe, you know, they get out of there with their lives. And, you know, as Thorne said, you teach them how your world works. And that's how I'd like my world to work. There's five people at the table, especially like if you, uh, I mean, if you play all the time, like when we were young, you could do this a little bit more liberally. People would still get some time here. But I mean, if you're meeting once, twice a, a month there, and you're sitting around a table, it's five people coming together to play a cooperative game, right? Like, so there is a point where it's thing, but if you're just sitting around half the time, it's uh, difficult. And it does raise a bit of that meta thing where you're constantly hearing knowledge that you don't see. Now, we're all professional gamers, so you know, I, I did not hear them say that and stuff like that, but you're dealing with all that. And it's a team sport. It's a, uh, it, to Tony's point, it's, your party gets good at doing certain things. You understand your tactics. You learn how to fight together and stuff like that. You split that up. It just makes for less of a experience. And it makes it really difficult as a DM. Like, because you're literally preparing out two, three streams that you have to keep going on there. And you have to keep on, like, measuring back. Oh, wait, am I leaving this guy too long? What do I have to do here? It's uh, it'd be too much then to focus on the, you know, the overall goal, right? Like, it's a game. Like the, the idea is to go from here to here and as, you know, defeat Strahd in that particular one. So uh, very, very well said in that way. And that was a good point where that game frequency thing. So that actually made me think, you know, when if you're playing weekly, if you're playing by, you know, several times a week, like some people do. I know some DMs have talked about different multi sessions like you're running a side. It's in essence becomes a side quest. So you have those two or three players they're on Kresk, and I'll see you on Tuesday. And then you guys down at th – and that's one way to kind of do it if you were going to do that and if they were okay with that. But, yeah, to try to prep anything and really allow a story to build. Like we talk about the game versus the story, but the story still needs to build, and you're having to do that in these fits and starts between uh, between them. I will say I, I do wonder if how many times – you know. The SmackDown has been laid, though, where they're just like, yeah, let's just let's just take this barrel of wine on a wagon up north to the to literally where Dr. Frankenstein lives. <laughs> like, let's go to the let's, you know, I'm thinking Rocky Horror. Like, you know, yeah. Like you know, some Laurel and Hardy stuff. There's a house <laughs> over at the Frankenstein place. Yeah. I'm like, don't go there. That's where Riff Raff and I, it's, that's are. But I mean, I think that's the ultimate balance, right? Like you want to smack them down, but that's going to be like, you're going to lose two players there. Like there's like, I mean, you're on the other side of the map. It's not like, oh, you hear some battle from me. <laughs> 10 miles away. You hear a scream on the wings there. <laughs> Especially because he said he's made Barovia even larger. So I now, know. like, oh, yeah, no, you're 10 miles away, dude. Good luck. You know? Kind of like, so you're going to, you know, you're going to teach them the, the hard lesson, right? I said, I can see the, the struggle there where you want it to be challenging. You want to try to, like, make it dangerous so you wouldn't do that. But, I, you know, at the same time, you don't want to kill off you, the the characters your players have invested a bunch of time in, right, in the story, and your campaign screw it up. So I don't disagree with that. I've played with players who absolutely, if there's a situation where they should be killed off, and this is a weird thing to say, they expect to be killed. Like, they don't want me to reveal the curtain behind there. That type of player is rare, but believe me, they're out there, and we actually play with one or two of them in our extended gaming circles these days. 
but with the, the same type of you're teaching them how your world works. And if they go out there, maybe they narrowly escape being run down by, you know, eight wargs. But then also you bring all the party together, show them the value, dare I say, this sounds corny, of the teamwork. And you reward them for that. So, like, for example, you're in a town and maybe they encounter someone they weren't expecting who is tied to the rogue's plot line. So wait, no, you don't have the rogue there now. The rogue is delivering that barrel of wine 60 miles to the north. So, good uh, crap. Well, if only I had Knuckles, I could go get him, bring him back here, you know, across the whole world and have him talk to this person. And then we can reveal this plot thread that we're sitting on. It's probably going to get lost and forgotten about. So that's kind of my way I would entice them. It's like, hey, you know, we want to be all together because we like all need everybody. Yeah, no, I think a good conversation. It should be, if you're splitting the party, it should be agreed upon by everybody. Everybody should be cool with it at the table. There should be a plan involved with it. You should not be splitting the party that thinly across that kind of a distance. But, you you know, it, you, people need to understand it's everyone together there. It's not, um, it doesn't work if you split the party like that. It just, it's not built for that type of splitting down the thing the way the system is built right the module is built for four to five players of whatever you know whatever level it's not built for one or two guys wandering around there like it's intentionally dangerous so i think it's a conversation you have where if it gets to be like that it's like look you can you know if you want to split the party in here to try to like sneak up on somebody kind of like you talked about where they wanted like the winery they want to split up the guys and kind of come at them from all different sides that's a cool plan, and that's something interactive and cooperative, and that's a game. But if you're just traveling off in different things, then it becomes a novel. And then it becomes, in a novel, I, like, I'm not doing it in the moment, right? Like, I can write that, I can go back, I can tune the different perspectives and stuff like that. For a DM to have to handle that is too much, and it's going to detract from your overall enjoyment of the whole group there. Um, you know, being able to deliver a nice, coherent story and a fun game for everybody. Tony, when you said I, 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 I agree, there are players out there who, yeah, I, I know how dangerous this is and I'm going forward and I'm doing this. Uh, and then they're going to take whatever consequence or benefit that comes from that. I we don't know. And that's that's some of the hardest things with this is we don't know that table. We don't know these players. I I really doubt, though, I it would I'd be hard pressed to say that he's got six people that are like, oh, no. Agree totally understand if i get axed hard when the flesh golem of frankenstein in the abbot's place just wallops me into next week right um so yeah i really doubt that it's six of those who knows maybe that's how it is chris as you said and i was saying earlier too there's a difference between being an audience member and then being in the game there is a vast vast difference so it can't be, you know, when people are watching even live play stuff, if they're watching Critical Role or Dimension 20 or people like that, they're watching that. So they are playing with the understanding, not that they wouldn't play this way, but with the understanding that a story is evolving that is being watched by third party eyes. Right. So the fourth wall is there to a point. But even de like we said, devoid of system. I remember in our Call of Cthulhu games. I was just about to go there. Yeah, we were going in, and it, like we would be in town. We're not out in the in the the be lightless beacon, and we're in the weird the the weird um, lighthouse with the 
fish people and all this shit, right? We're in terrifying. Right. We're in the library. We're going to check out the the coin dealer. This guy. And we're like, hey, I I mean, I'll us two will hang out in the library. I'm good with library skill, right? I can really use this. You know, Hank can go the cop, he can go interrogate some people, bring the antiquarian with them, right? And we very quickly learned that no, even in the town near Miskatonic University in Arkham, no, you can't, you can, but you're probably going to run into, I don't know, a guy who eats people. And he also <laughs> happens to be an art dealer. I, I don't know what to tell you here, you know, it's that game portion of it, you know, it's that game. Well, I mean, yeah, Let, let's be honest. Arkham is about as safe as Gotham. Actually, yeah, I, I mean, that's, we can have a whole debate on which one is more dangerous to operate in. But if your players are splitting Arkham. up. Most definitely Arkham, because it's Lovecraftian horrors. Like, I will take the Joker. Like, he's just a homicidal maniac. There's like, who's the worst one that he ever fought? He was just a roided out dude. He was just a roided jock, Bane. Right. right? That was you, his yeah, worst yeah, one. Yeah, you have yeah, three hit points in that world. plane of existence that- yeah, you know what I mean? But, like, I, I, yeah, I think Call of Cthulhu is way more dangerous. <laughs> anyway, go. But um, I would question, what is the difficulty level of the encounters? Because I feel like that's what prompts people for this whole let's split up business. So case in point, you know, when you were running Barovia, we never thought about really splitting up. Never crossed our mind. But, you know, when we're playing Call of Cthulhu also – did we split up? Sometimes, but we got over that real quick. Chris and I almost died on going down a flight of stairs in a basement in a house. Yeah, absolutely. In a house. Not like some isolated haunted mansion on top of a mountain. We were in Boston, okay? And what happened? Like, the, yeah. we fell down the stairs, and there was rusty metal, and we were both maimed, and then we were attacked by a flying dagger, and I'm pretty sure somebody died. Yeah, For so sure. you know that 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 does cure you quickly of saying, oh yeah, let's let's just split that up, right? Let's just keep going, and you know. Right. But so I really I really am interested to know mm-hmm. what like what did the early parts of that adventure look like? You know, like when they're early level, they're super squishy, and they're rolling out into the haunted woods, the Svalich woods. You know, it's. You know, because if they're like that at the higher level stuff and they're just I, I don't know, it it really. And that's what caught my eye with this, because you go, I don't I don't even understand where they're going with this other than I understand they're trying to, like, save some time. But as you said, it's not really a time sensitive feel to this adventure. It most certainly isn't, because my experience in Barovia, I think all of our epic adventures maybe took place over a period of maybe five months maybe which is a whole debate on how time works in dungeons and dragons yeah i would no i would say it probably was even less i think it was probably like a summer you know at at tops tops yeah so hawk went from being level one to level 12 over a summer that makes no sense (laughs) in terms of a a novel or something by the time he's level by level he's level 12 you'd think he's like 33 or something like a grizzled veteran no he still can't get served in most bars but yeah that's where i'm thinking that you know perhaps this dm just was was playing nice in the beginning which i don't fault anybody for um or maybe they got a little ahead of the power curve and they're not feeling 
significantly challenged where this does make sense. I think that's kind of the trap that has uh, been stepped on. It's the only thing that makes sense to me that it doesn't feel like they they feel the the fear of that because I've I've talked on many occasions with the with the, our Curse of Strata um, campaign that I was having difficulty at a time because at a certain power level your guys' fear level of the land kind of dropped back to normal D&D levels where, like, we can take this stuff. You know, Vampire Lord, no problem. We can probably grab a couple more things and and hit into them. I think the Amber Temple was the only time. But even with that, even with you guys getting a little brazen and ballsy and stuff, you still were never like, okay, so us two, we're going to head down south to this weird lightning-struck uh, funeral burial ground. Uh, two of us, we're going to head back up to that, that Abbey in the mountaintops. And then I think the other, t- we're just going to take that dinner invitation. So we're going to head East, right? Let's go have those sandwiches with that, with that straw chap and see where this takes us. No. And, uh, I don't, I mean, that, honestly, if we go back in time, that'd be a very interesting DM challenge. Like encourage a party. This, like if you do like a side quest, like you'd have to do that three separate side quests. And be like, hey, all right, I'm running Dave and Bonnie on this day. I'm running Tony and Chris on this day. And then Thorne and Shannon on this day. And that's how we'd have to split that up. And then maybe we could reconvene. But like, watching somebody else have this dinner with Strahd, ugh, that would be... That would be it would uh, be freaking awful. <laughs> One of the big things here, what we've talked about, too, with all of this is the burnout portion of this right and like i could see on this this situation if it was running that way and my players were ex- just expecting it to that would i would probably not be having as much fun necessarily either so what do you guys think with that well i think it's the right it's that idea the the team thing is that the dm is part of it too as well and i mean if you're not enjoying it as a dm that means that your players probably aren't enjoying it much as well anyway, right? Like it's, it's very difficult. I mean, I burn bright on preparing for a single stream of uh, the, you know, those kind of things like where it's like, right. I'm just, contr- I'm concerned about trying to get the story for and stuff. If I'm having to keep on worrying outside of town that this, these guys may go to the ancient cave and these guys may go to the Titan skull. I'm like, well, these encounters are going to kill both of them, right? Like I, I have to find a way to be like, oh, nope, you weren't able to do that or something like that. And I hate that kind of do sex machine, but, you know, short of a conversation sometimes, that's the only way you're going to be able to do it because that would just be a lot of burnout. I can feel for him a little bit there, uh, especially split into three. Split into two is tough, but that just gets geometric, having to worry about like three different groups of players across the table. <laughs> like that means you're basically a half hour out anytime you're done, right? Is that you got you got your 15 minutes and then you got to wait another half hour for your two, you know, your 15 minutes of fame to come back around again. You're going to be on your phone. Like there's no way to stay engaged if you're not participating at least a little bit in that time. So, yeah, it's like Tony was saying, like, you know, you got 15 here, 15 here. and I got to wait around. I'm not going to be that engaged with that, even as a player, much less DM. Yeah, it brings you back to the famous scene where we're all being interrogated by the Boston police. And Thorne talked to each player, like, individually for, like, what, seven minutes? 
like honest to God. And I'm, I'm like player number seven in this campaign or six or seven. And I'm sitting here listening. <laughs> and some scenes went on longer. And I'm like, God damn, I'm like four down. So like, should I go get a, should I go get something out of the fridge? Um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's tough to remain engaged uh, for sure. When I was a younger DM, I was super deeply prepped. I'm like, I don't care which way you're going to go or what you have to do on my board. As long as you're on my board and come up with something completely unforeseen, which did happen at times, I had something in the chamber. Well, those days are long over. <laughs> I can't maintain that kind of energy. So there's going to be like a fine, there's a fine line that's workable in between your um, improv skills, and, which you should have to as a DM utilize sometimes sometimes i can't just say no you don't get to go over here which is a reasonable request even because i don't have it prepped that's that kind of takes the agency out of it but one of my best tricks for this was the infamous low dc insight check was a wisdom check back in the you know second edition and first edition but i would say okay here's a really easy one don't tell them dc and have you roll it and if they roll a solid roll and i go you think this is a terrible idea and that's exactly how I frame it. Mm-hmm. And if they fail the check, because this has happened too, like someone oh, I rolled the one on my insight check, and I look at them and go, you think this is the best idea ever? <laughs> Implying the obvious, which is clearly a terrible idea. And if they go for it beyond that, well, you know, there's that agency everybody's looking for. Yeah, no, I think the, I mean, leading into his agency, that's just, uh, that's a tough, I mean, to eliminate the burn, like, you'd have to find a way to, almost a bit like uh, you were talking about earlier, Dave, where if you're going to have a party split up like that, like, we literally have to have separate sessions, because not only is it going to make it easier to prep, because I can micro prep for each, versus having to do this massive prep and wonder when I'm going to use this part in there, and it just makes it easier from a meta perspective, because, I, I mean, you know, unless you're a table full of pro players there, you're hearing a bunch of information that you're probably not privy to because you literally split the party, right? It's like they don't know that Scooby and, and freaking Shaggy <laughs> have found something, the, the freaking ancient sailor guy downstairs, and Fred and Velma don't know. They're off in another part of the thing. Like, it's, you know, at the table, if that were to occur there, the Fred and Velma characters would either number one, just be like, Oh, I just don't know what's happening. And you're like, Oh God, you have to go help them. Cause they're going to die. Or you're finding some way to like, uh, Oh, you can hear the shaggy scream from downstairs. You're allowed. Zoinks. Zoinks, followed by the pure pattern of, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's one thing if it's, and he even talks about it in, in the post too. It's one thing if it's within a encounter space, if it's on a, a a ship, if it's in a castle, if it's in the mansion, if it's in a dungeon. Yeah, you as a DM, you're you're hoping that they somehow do that. I mean, you're you're there are traps set up within which to split the party, even in Strahd and Argonvolt's told um the the stone wall that drops down and separated the party that was phenomenal on my end you know but um yeah and there is something to be said about like it makes me think with like the side quest and and okay so now we have the krez team we have the yester hill team we have the the winery team it's almost like we talked about with like when you have too many players in a massive party 
And we've talked about like the cannonball run idea, right? Like you all have this goal, but these separate teams are going at separate times. Um, that's totally doable. And that uh, something about that, it seems really fun too, because you have smaller groups now. So the, the, the horror intention is ratcheted up even in a normal adventure, much less in a Gothic adventure. But I will say, I think, you know, something about DM expectations too, um, to just expect like whatever crazy idea we have to derail this, you know, there has to be some level of understanding of the DM CPU, as Tony talks about. You know, your CPU on a normal session is running. I mean, it's it's high. You know, you got stuff going on. There's a lot you're having to manage. And we love doing that is why we it's why we do it. There's a thrill there. But there are there are limits to that. And I would say with that, too, a, a great way to do that is, OK, split it into different parties. And now one of the players gets to run that team. You know, you run the game. See what happens when you're like have. That's one of the biggest things. I don't know if it's the case, but it wouldn't surprise me if I found out that all six of these players are just players, maybe brand new players, maybe experienced, who knows, but they don't know what it's like on the other side of the screen and realize and give that back and forth with the DM so that they're, you know, the CPU doesn't just fucking explode right i'm saying like empathy emotional intelligence about that like is that you know even as players you know when i'm a player in the game i have some level of responsibility even though i don't have to prepare as much right as a dm i have some level of responsibility for the fun of the game and everything like that no the responsibility of it is absolutely the case that is a good point you are in this we've we we are sharing this world we've agreed that we're playing this game and you're able to do whatever you want to do, but the realization and when you're when you're playing on the other side of the screen and we've talked about this a lot, you know, seeing it from both sides, you start to understand. So you become a better player because you're going to do some of the lifting for the DM. You're going to do some of the role play. You're not just going to expect I'm going to turn left and you're going to come up with something fabulous for me just out of your asshole. Right. Well, in the DM toolkit, like we've talked about all the things that happen there, and one of my personal favorites is having an encounter chart. So have them fight a battle, you know, like the two players want to go off and do this. Then I'll be like, hey, go roll me a nature check or something. And I'm like, here it is. Slide it across the table. This is the kind of encounters you're going to need to deal with if you want to go this, you know, you, you need 10 of these checks to make it to point B. And have a look at like, here we go. We're going to roll it right on the table. Boom. You still want to proceed like this? And if they do, well, then they may roll up a Hydra. We'll see how that goes. But I just have that old uh, AD&D table where it was just four fire giants rolling <laughs> through the forest for no fucking easily reason. Easily my favorite. Surprise. Yeah, easily my favorite encounter of all time for bad reasons. It was like four. It was like D something criminally insane fire giants. <laughs> I love that it's like there's just a randomness of like, let me roll a D6 plus one and just see what happens. Right. The crunch, the crunch of your character's hopes and dreams falling broken into an unmarked grave. Yeah, no, sure. It's, I think it ends up having to be a conversation. Like in the end, it, it's understanding like to, yeah, I bet it was, whether it was Tony or Dave's point, like it's the, like, 
you have to have an expectation amongst them, like a session zero kind of thing. Like if you're going to split the party, like I need to understand like what you guys want to do. Or if they're splitting the party, you talk to them afterwards, you express that this is making it difficult for me to be able to enjoy it or be able to manage the game. Right. And so is there some way we can fix this amongst ourselves? I think the micro session idea is great time provided. Right. That's that does sound like a lot of fun. Like we do it like a little bit textually and stuff like that through the things there. But when you're at the table with five people, these people are given up four, six hours of their time on this Saturday night, right? Like it's important that everybody gets there, including the DM, gets to have their fun at the table, right? Gets to do their stuff there. And that's like splitting it that much, like splitting it three ways, that's a lot of splitting, right? Even when we're we're shopping, we're generally splitting it two ways or something like that, or going you know, two different places in town. Splitting it three ways is a it's a nightmare amount of uh, different storylines that I have to keep prepped, right? And keep on remembering, oh, I got to get back to you because it looks like you're getting bored, you know? So, Especially, it's one thing in shopping, right? Where you have, okay, you, you guys are going over here. Uh, you know, what are you looking for? Yada, yada, yada. You guys, you guys, you guys. Okay. It's another thing when it's like that adventure, this adventure specifically, because uh, I do think it plays a little bit differently. If you are out on the road, the old Svalich Road in Barovia, like things are going to happen. And that's the problem is that things will happen. Uh, encounters are going to happen. It's just the nature of it. It's It can't be, well, you, you're you unperturbed as you travel the road and you arrive at the Abbey. Completely like, unmolested. Yeah, where, like, Chris, you were talking about, we do it sometimes, like, I've been doing it a lot in the Dragonlance campaign, where I do side stuff on the side. I do a lot of the narrative thing. We have Google Docs that we go back and forth, or emails, so I send a whole scene out, you guys send a scene back. But it's never like, okay, we're going to do combat now, so I need you to roll me a d20, send a picture of that when you get it, and then I'll send it back. Like, you could, but that's a bit of a... It's a longer, longer play. So you could do narrative stuff, but I think this adventure specifically denies that because you can't just have necessarily narrative stuff only. Things are going to happen, right? It, it, it's so, you know, yeah. But uh, I do like the idea of if your game frequency is, but again, you're talking, we usually game each campaign once every three weeks, once a month. So how much more time do you necessarily have, you know? But yes, these separate side quests teams, there is something that really excites me about that. At some point, I would love to have something that looks like that. So if they're really hot on this idea, you could post back to them and be like, listen, guys, all right, so if you want to go in three separate directions, I've got to sit you, I've got to run three separate different mini games for you. It's just not going to be here in that format. So go ahead, get ready in town, do your thing, and then get check your emails. And you know what? I have run games where, like, you make it make a separate thing in roll twenty. Just like let me see your die rolls. Go back and forth. We could track hit points. You could. It's a lot of shenanigans, but it is a solution to that. Now to kind of roll that back, you don't want them doing this in the first place, and I'm assuming that's the case, especially in a horror setting. One of the things that Call of Cthulhu does very good, which I absolutely can't stand is that the treasure is super light in terms of affecting your character sheet. 
finding something that's going to give you a real true edge in combat is looking for a needle in the haystack. They're out there, and in that world especially, it's like I find a gun that is more effective, but it's cursed. It gives you nightmares or something like that. So you you, you got to be, and Ravenloft does this too, you got to be tight with the things that affect your character stats so that these players aren't really juiced going into this. You can't have characters who are juiced in a horror game. The two don't really connect the themes. I think that to your point, like Cthulhu makes it a lot easier to impart the fear that is necessary to keep the party from really truly wanting to split because, I mean, you can get killed on stairs. I mean, we're going to talk about stairs and, but, but I mean, seriously, like, so it's different. I mean, I get through a couple levels. I get past my, you know, first level, second level. I'm getting third, fourth, fifth. All of a sudden now, I'm feeling beefy, right? Like I'm in, I'm better at encounters. I'm more inclined to be like, oh, I could probably handle this. Whereas in Cthulhu, you don't. I mean, if you happen to go on a second adventure, you're not that much better than the first one. If anything, you're probably a little bit broken, right? Like you may have like a, you may have secured like a pistol or something, but you also have some crippling injuries and like a, you know, sanitarium stay and everything like that. So I think the D&D setting makes it so that you can feel powerful enough to do it, but it's just from an enjoyment perspective, I think. Besides the DM burnout perspective, it's not fun for everyone at the table. Like I think, to, I think it was to your point, Dave. If you if you surveyed all six of the people at the table, they probably all wouldn't be enjoying it the same amount as you would think they were, right? Like especially when they're sitting there waiting for their turn to come around for like you know they're going to get a sandwich for the half hour they're waiting before it's their turn to have their like little tiny you know show. Yeah, oh my God, I love the way you did that thing in that situation that I never got to see. That was incredible. <laughs> right? There's so much better. You want to, oh, and I know this. And you're like, well, did he tell you that? And you're like, oh, crap, that's right. Yeah, no, you have to tell me that, even though I heard you say it right across the table. I which is important, two, but. Yeah. Two different groups throughout my career that neither which, and I won't dime out who they are because we're all still friends, they could not separate in game and out of game information. It, or if they were in the scene, their character would be 50 miles away and something was revealed, they know it too. Like, they're all neurologically linked somehow. <laughs> I have mind. <laughs> yeah. It was like having the uh, the warlock of the aberrant mind before it happened and you were just telepathically linked. You're but I think it's about that time for final thoughts. Again, this was just a really interesting situation that uh, that Derek was in. So we, we wanted to delve into it. So final thoughts on the players keep splitting the party and splitting them over the map, not just over an encounter and dealing with not only that, but then the, kind of the burnout and the, the not having fun in the game anymore. And what do you do with that? Well, shout out to Derek. Thanks for this. This was a, a good topic. Uh, you got to look at your expectations for your players and you yourself as a DM, because if you're not having fun, too, then like, what is going on? That's a really unfortunate situation. Um, they want to really split up. There's ways to handle it. You can run games separately for them. It's a lot of legwork. It's just like preparing for everything, trying to. If you're really enjoying that, then keep doing it. That's great. Do you have that kind of energy and that passion and that time? Knock yourself out. But you're not always going to have that. These things, some of these situations can be also uh, handled with some random encounter tables. Um, still try to give the players some agency, but give them some opportunities too. don't let them walk into a terrible idea. Let them roll some insight, 
some easy inside checks and even like backhandedly give them some clues when they fail their inside checks. Like this is a terrible idea. You can do it. I'm not going to stop you, but I've, I've said my piece. Go. Yeah. No, I mean, I the party works awesomely in novels works awesomely in TV shows. It's one of the backbones of really making a quality fantasy novel is you start with a party, they break up and they can all have their individual adventures through different chapters, but it's a collaborative game. And like to your point, at the it's hard. It's a game. It's five people getting together. So if you're having issues where they're you feel like the players are splitting the party too much that you need to have a conversation. You need to make them understand that it's a game that there's an enjoyment factor here and that chances are that not everyone is enjoying it now if we keep on splitting stuff around. No one likes to wait. You don't even like to wait in combat. That's why we always talk about keeping your trying to keep the party somewhat small because you can really slog it out. It can take 15, 20 minutes to go around and it's difficult to maintain fun and engagement there. So you have to it's it's a cool thing to do when you're in town and you're like you're in an encounter space. It's really fun, and it was really frightening, like, when it happened in Strahd, like, because all of a sudden we were, like, separated and got attacked by crazy amounts of stuff there. But it's, you know, it's too stressful as a DM. You should be enjoying yourself. You shouldn't have to prep that much. You shouldn't have to worry about running 17 sessions just so every single person can have their own individual side quest. Like, it's the quest for the ring. Things happen on the way to the quest for the ring, but they're always headed in that direction right like mary and pippin aren't off just doing whatever like they're always trying to get back even though they were taken by the orcs like they're always trying to further the main storyline the main quest and they encounter things along the way but they're not just off doing their own thing so the first and foremost is uh same one for me chris the the idea with D D and any other systems you're playing it is a game first and then it is the story and the immersion and the hooks and the plots and the world building. But it is always a game first. And you have to keep that in mind, both as a DM and as a player. Also, the the multi-session idea and the side quests, if, if your game frequency allows it, uh, or if you have a really big party like we talked about, there is something there that is really enticing. I mean, I remember I wrote the whole thing about the cannonball run idea from it. It's just something about it you want to you want to sink your teeth into in terms of the burnout side of it i'll go back to that idea of dm expectations and understanding and some as chris said the emotional intelligence the empathy of realizing that their cpu is running it's like you can see the smoke sometimes from the head because it's just going right like i I hope the fan turns on because my computer is really hot and i don't think it's supposed to be that hot i would say you know, if they like doing that, especially if they never have, have them run the game, have them run a game, have them run a session in that game, a little side. If you want to do the Crez side quest, cool, you're going to run it and I will be somebody. I'll be Esmeralda or Ren Richton and you meet them on the road or something like that. Let's see where this goes. That sounds really awesome. And to Tony's point, I thought this was really great and it kind of goes in the same way. If you're having a problem like this and it's ruining your experience with running the game, put the issue back on the players. They're the ones that are doing it. Throw it back to them. Is this what you guys want to do? If so, here's how I can do it. I can't just do it across board. Do you want to run separate sessions with you guys? Oh, well, well, no, we didn't want to do that. Or maybe they do. But put it back on them. 
You know, it does, it's not just because you're the DM doesn't mean you have to, like, run the lives of the people, too. Like, you're just running the game. That's it. You know, you don't have to be everything else. Uh, the Thorn used to say, oh, the, the, the servant DM is not what we're going after. You know, uh, you are active at the table as well. So that's it for me. Thank you again, guys. This is a great start to our new year, 2024. Woo! Again, a shout out to Johnny Ott over at uh, Four Monster Kids for the new logo. Please, on our socials, on the website, let us know what you think of it. Uh, we really love it because, you know, you can really tell who's who here and and uh, the little special uh, little special gift in the background there. So uh, that's fourmonstercids.bigcartel.com. Uh, check him out. Uh, he does great work. Who knows? Maybe he'll get into the D&D commission sphere now who the hell knows? yeah thank you johnny it was, um, it was awesome work awesome work. Again, and his other work is awesome i've seen a lot of his other stuff through crypt keeper and everything like that he is a oh yeah. yeah thank you thank you he he really is um so with that um this was not you know kind of a listener question it was more in our threads but it was just a really engaging question it made us really want to delve into it if you got questions out there we're dms with problems you are dms with problems let's talk it out here so you can always send questions into us you can reach us at our website threewisedms.com you can write us uh with our email threewisedms at gmail.com uh directly to us obviously uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, we're always in those spheres kind of interacting with everybody. So um, let us know. And, you know, if you're going to run all these different multi-sessions or side quests with people, with these six players, uh, it's probably good to have dice. Uh, so, you know, we're going into a new year here, 2024. Go check out our affiliate link at fanrolldice.com slash ref slash 2871. And that is going to be it for this week. And as we do each episode, we are going to let our dear old erstwhile leader take us out. All right. And for me, final thoughts, um, you know, uh, to reiterate what Tony and Dave have both said, keep an eye out for when you stop losing, when you stop getting that bounce at the end of your session, you start feeling more drained at the end of sessions. And when you start feeling like you're not enjoying the prep between sessions, that's really when burnout starting to show up. And if you recognize the signs a little early, you're going to be in better shape than if you let it go on too long, just counting on it coming back. You know, recognize you are starting to feel a bit burned out. And I would say start taking some of the steps we talked about, you know, maybe get someone else to start something up that, that gives you a little bit of a break or gives you a little bit of a palate cleanser. Or maybe, you know, go to, you know, you know, take a, take a session off so you have a month between sessions or two months between sessions and just play something else to empty your head and do something else. Take, I would, I would recommend taking proactive action and trying to see if you get your inspiration back going into whenever you come back to it. See if that helps. That's a good way, I think, to try to manage burnout a little bit. Because it is one of these things where if you try to carry that weight for too long, you can wind up getting deeper into burnout, deeper into – it can kind of cause a little bit of depression, and that can kill your game. It can kill – and it can end something you want to do. It can also end up, you know, we didn't get into it, but there are risks here. I mean, if you start burning out as a DM, you risk running into situations at the game where you get irritable, players get irritable, and it can actually impact the personal relationship. You know, we've talked about this a little bit before. As much as we would love to think, hey, we're all here to play a game, the truth is you can absolutely have things come up in a D&D game that impacts your real-life relationships. So you want to try to handle burnout before you get there. You know, mm -hmm. if you start feeling it, you start feeling annoyed, you start not getting inspiration, you start not getting your bounce, you start getting snappy, try to get ahead of it and address it. And that might even mean asking someone, you know, saying, hey, why don't we start a new game with someone else DMing for a little bit. 
Number two for me is, you know, as much as it sounds great to say that this is really making sure everyone has fun is on the DM. I, and as much as it sounds great to say, look, if they're not having fun, adjust for your players, give the players what they want. I also think you need to be cognizant of the fact that there are things about the game you are there to enjoy. There are things you want to get out of it. And if you deny those things, you're going to have a bad time. And that's going to lead to more to burnout. So recognize what you want to get out of the game. And if you're someone who loves building cities and towns and building your own dungeons and your own adventures, well, make sure you can get that in and make sure you have a game that lets you express that. Because if you're not expressing that, I think you will burn out faster. So, you know, understand what you like in the game and play to that and make sure that gets served as well as what your players want. Because if you take this attitude of, okay, well, I'm just there for everyone else to have fun. In the long run, for most DMs, you're not going to have fun. That can lead to burnout. You're there for you to have fun, too. So keep that in mind, too. It doesn't mean don't care about other people. You want them to have fun, too. You want to make it all work. But it's too easy to forget that you got to have fun in the mix of everything else. So those are my real big two, you know, two, two takeaways. Try to catch it early. Try to get on top of it. Try to do things to alleviate it before it becomes a bigger issue. And two, recognize you're a player. You know, you're a player at the table, too, and understand what you need to get out of it in order for it to be fun. Because if you don't want to, if you no longer want to DM, eh, it might be the end of the campaign. You know, so you got to make sure that's there. Take care, take care of yourself and everyone else. Guys, thanks. Yeah, it's been a real good session, real good uh podcast i enjoyed it i feel very burnt out right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) long podcast canceling all games for the month of january (laughs) well if you're not gonna have fun doing it then you certainly are doing your best work and that's yeah gotta have fun you know well i mean you you want everyone to have fun but you gotta remember you're part of everyone you're a player too i think that's a that's a great takeaway right there all right. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Three Wise DMs. Once again, you can catch us on all the major podcasting platforms. And if you're listening to us there and you like what you hear, please smash that five-star rating button. That'll really help us get out there and help spread the word about Three Wise DMs. You can also catch more content on ThreeWiseDMs.com, where we have our podcast and articles every week. So really twice as much content on ThreeWiseDMs.com. Head over there, subscribe there. And if you have any questions, drop us a question in the quote, what's your problem field that we have right on the website. You can also reach us at 3 dms at gmail.com and on Facebook and Twitter where we're very active. So feel free to drop us a line, let us know what you think, and ask know any questions you'd like for us to cover. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on 3 dms <laughs>